Kate McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Today's special guest is Christy Arrington. Welcome, Christy. Hi. Christy is child number five of six kids. She lovingly refers to as military brats. They moved around a lot following their father, who was in the Air Force, until he retired at Shepard Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. It was there that Christy met Larry, who has been her husband of 32 years. Together, Christy and Larry have a son and a grand dog. Christy has a degree in accounting, and she likes to draw, paint, and create. Larry does woodworking and can build just about anything, so they do a lot of creative projects together. One of their favorite projects is an annual gift drive, something they've been working on for 14 years, and that will be the focus of our show today. But before we talk about that, I'd like to like you to get to know Christy better. So Christy, I see you as joyful, playful, creative, practical, patriotic, compassionate, and generous. How do you see yourself? I see myself as a, a dependable. I'm very dependable. I, I am also a little OCD. I like to have things in their place. Hence the accounting. Yes, hence the accounting degree. Um, also, I'm, I'm kind of adventurous. Somebody would say, sometimes I say I'm a little crazy. I have three big brothers, so you have to kind of be game for anything that they throw at you <laughs> to survive that. But I'm, I, I, I think dependable. I'm dependable. I'm the person you can count on. When you ask for something to get done and I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get it done. I I see myself as that person. I love that about you. We're going to see how that fits beautifully with the project you've been working on. How do you think that was formed in you? Um... Some of it, I think, is being from child number five. You have, to fi- <laughs> you have to figure out how to do things. Someone is not always there to do things for you, so you have to kind of figure it out. I think, too, from moving around, you have to learn to be adaptable, to make new friends, to get things done, because it's all, it's all new sometimes. You just get uprooted being military. You're in school here, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in the sixth grade, and you're in school somewhere else, and you have to make friends and kind of start all over to head into junior high, which is... It's very traumatizing, but it also teaches you to be very adaptable. And I've certainly seen that in you as well. Was there somebody who recognized those things in you, or did you just discover them for yourself? Or perhaps you just even know you were hardwired that way. I think I'm just hardwired that way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've had people tell me that, especially people I've worked for. Like, like I've had people give me, um, like... If you ask, like, can you give me a letter of recommendation or something like that? People will say, you know, Christy's very responsible. She's going to do what needs to be done. You don't have to worry about it. If you give it to her, she can handle it. So I have had other people say that about me. Um, But I think I'm just hardwired that way. Well, it makes me sad that I only know you in a social setting and I haven't had the luxury of working next to you because I could see that we could both focus and get the job done very well together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. So one of the big projects that you're getting done and you have been doing for 14 years, tell us about that. We do a gift drive for the Texas Baptist Home, which is a foster home in Waxahachie. They actually started out, they've been in, out there since 1909. They started as an orphanage. Um, which then there was a lot of kids that had no family, so they were truly orphans. 
as they've grown and, you know, times changed, uh, around the 50s, the 60s, it, it shifted to more kids that had parents, but they were being neglected, those types of things. So they've gone from an orphanage to a foster home. And then, of course, CPS was, I think, in 74, I think, CPS came along in the state of Texas. And so they got licensed in 85 to be able to do placements, and they've been doing placements. Since then, they also have um, the main campuses in Waxahachie. They have an office in Bedford and Garland now as well. Unfortunately, I would like to say they don't have to have extra offices, mm-hmm. but the need for that is growing, and you know we want to see it go the other way. We don't want them to need us. We of like course. to be needed, but we would rather them not need us. So how did, how did you get involved with them? So I actually got involved because my husband and a friend of his, Danny, they've been friends for a really long time. They've worked together. They were going to do a toy drive. And so they asked at work and they said, oh, no, someone's going to do that already. Well, then it didn't get done. Mm -hmm. So the next year, Danny and Larry were like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to get it done. We're doing it. So the first year was a box and they wanted to do, they wanted to do help somebody who didn't get the help, like. Toys for Tots. Everybody knows Toys for Tots. I would give my left leg for just one Toys <laughs> for Tot drop. I would be like over the moon. Just one drop. Um, so they looked around, and Danny's children actually practiced soccer right behind the TBH facility. So Danny went and talked to them, and they were like, oh, yes, we could use the help. So that's how we got connected with them. So the first year it was a box. The second year, it was two boxes. We were so excited, two boxes full of toys. The third year, we said, oh, hey, can you give us a specific list so we can have people wanted to buy specific toys for specific children. So they just gave us a miscellaneous list, like two items for this child and two items. And so several years, we rocked along like that. And then we asked them where we could be the most help for them. And they said, could you do the kids on our campus? The kids on our campus are kids that are basically stuck in the Mm -hmm. system. There are teenagers. People, people don't ask. When they want to foster or adopt, they want babies. They want small children. They don't ask for teenagers. They don't ask for multiples. I mean, who in their right mind is going to come and say, oh, can I have three? And can they all be like 12, 14, 16? It just doesn't happen. Right. That's not. So most of the kids that were in their campus homes were those children or the new children that were just coming in that hadn't really had a chance to be processed and fostered out. So we agreed to do those kids. We rocked along. We were burning about 16 kids, maybe 20 max. They send us a list. We do their whole list. We on our own decided everybody needs a Christmas stocking. So we do stockings for them. And then in 2018, they came to us and they said, Texas laws have changed. We have more kids and so we said okay well how many more and they said we have 36 kids wow that's what we said uh, excuse me how <laughs> wow um so we were like okay so larry and danny and i put our heads together and we're like what do we do you know we've only been doing half of this amount do we do half of everybody's list so everybody at least gets half of what they want do we i mean how do you say we're only going to do these kids and we're not going to do those kids so we said well you know we're just going to take them all. God has given this to us. He's going to make it happen. Whatever it is, we don't know what it's going to look like, but we're just going to jump in, both feet, <laughs> no life preserver. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> so we said, okay, give them to us. And we watched God work, and it all got covered. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And then again, this last year with COVID, I wasn't working. We had, you know, a huge 
we did 10 or 12 kids just where I worked, um, as long as, as well as a raffle with, uh, we have somebody that donates cowboy tickets. And so we did really good with that, but most of that was generated from where I was. And I'm like, how do we replace that? What are we going to do? I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. And again, we watched God put other people in place to fill that void that we thought we were going to have. And we did 38 kids last year. Amazing. So the challenge last year was the places that you normally ask for help weren't meeting offices and people were working from home or working remotely, churches, and a lot of churches either were not meeting or were sparsely meeting because online services were available. So how did that work for you? How'd you get the word out and how did that happen? You know, I think that God just puts you in the right place sometimes. We were actually at my brother-in-law's house right before Christmas and um, my sister-in-law's daughter came in and we were talking about the toy drive and she was like, what and we got to talking about it and she's like you know we normally participate in a toy drive but they're not doing it this year can we help you and they ended up doing eight kids wow and so you just i mean we were just at both at the same place at the same time having a conversation about what was going on and it just and that's how things seem to happen or Somebody that you work with knows somebody, oh, hey, we're, you know, these people, they want to participate. You might want to call them and talk to them or, you know, just word of mouth is, is really, we've been, we've been blessed really to just watch the people come alongside us and help make this happen every year. So what's the most fun about this particular project? I mean, there's so many things it's, that you've already it's, mentioned. It's panicky and it's fun. I'm the, oh my gosh, it all has to be done. We have to make sure every item on every list is filled. We can't miss anything. If they ask for it, they need to get it. That's my thing. Everybody has to have exactly what they want. These kids are not in a good situation. They need to get what's on their Christmas list. So some of that is a little panicky, but it's always fun. And at the end, we, we normally, we've been really blessed. We usually have extra money. And so then you can just go walk down every toy aisle and you can just buy whatever you want. Oh, I like that. That needs, we've bought like a three foot dinosaur, a three foot Batman, just anything you want because you have extra money that you can just buy whatever you want. And then they put it, basically they put it in a closet because the kids never stop coming. They never stop coming. There'll be more kids that come in after we drop our stuff. And so they can go to that stockpile and pull the stuff for those kids. That's the most fun. Wow. So many working parts to that. So I hear you saying um, the suspense, the wondering how things will get done, the joy of shopping, (laughs) um, the anticipation that children will get for one time in their life. They'll get what they want. And knowing that you had a hand in that. Um, and then being able to plan for the unexpected. All of those are beautiful things. So um, are you, do you just do Christmas? Do you also do birthdays, other things around the year? Um, we just do Christmas for them. We have done Easter. One year we did Easter baskets, which that was really fun. Sometimes we just touch base with them and see what they need. They do have some fundraising stuff. Sometimes we try to help if we, we can with that kind of stuff. But Christmas is really our big thing. Why? And, is I, Christmas like your favorite holiday or it's just that's the best opportunity? I, I love Christmas. I'm a snowman girl. My house is full <laughs> of snowmen. I like the Christmas trees. My husband one time said, we, did I want to go on vacation? I could pick. I said, I want to go to Oregon. He said, why? I said, because that's where they grow the Christmas trees. I love it. And so I, I like that. But I think it's just being able to give those kids something. They're going to get up that morning and they're going to get every single thing on their list. And you and I take that for granted. 
I come from a family with six kids and I might not have gotten everything on my list, but I always had something. One year we had a new girl come in and they contacted me and I'm like, just get me her list. We'll get it done. We can cover it. And then several days went by and I didn't have a list. So I reached out and I'm like, where's the, where's the list? And she's like, you know, we're working on it. A couple days later, I got it along in the email, along with a little note that said, this girl was 15. She said, sorry about the delay, but the other girls in the house had to help her make a list because she had never made a Christmas list. To me, I'm thinking at 15, how do you never make a Christmas list? I, I just couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand that. And so it was my mission to make sure we had every single thing on that list. I'm like, she's going to get every single thing she asked for. I just, I couldn't fathom that. I can't either. I can't either. And it makes me wonder if she ever had a real Christmas up to that point. Yeah. I mean, you don't, and you don't know because we don't know the backgrounds. I mean, obviously, you know that they're coming out of a place that's not good for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in a foster home, obviously. And obviously, it's not their fault. They didn't do anything. Um, But the adults in their life obviously can't get it together. Mm -hmm. And so, but I just didn't, I just didn't understand. Like, how do you never make a Christmas list? You're 15 and you've never made a Christmas list. And okay, maybe once you hit 10 or 12, it stops. But you would think, I mean, you know, your six-year-old writing letters to Santa, what they want. I'm like, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand that. That was more than my mind could really take in. Well, I'm going to date myself. When I was a little girl, we'd get the JCPenney catalog or the Sears wish book, and we would tear out pages and cut and paste and make our own pictorial list just yeah. to make sure that Santa and or parents or grandparents knew exactly what we wanted. And I also included page numbers just in case, just, just in, in case, case they you know, had a you, question. You must be like my niece. <laughs> my niece, when she was young, she would make a list. And she, then when she would tell someone what she wanted, she would write their name next to it <laughs> so that she didn't tell the next person like the her. same item. She's now in med school, so obviously it works for her. <laughs> That's great. And so to go to the opposite extreme where some kids don't even know how to make a list or they have no expectation that this Christmas will be any different. So what a joy to be able to step in and make that different. So um, as we think about um, supplying these lists, it's easy to shop for little kids. I mean, they're so happy with everything. They're happy with the boxes and the wrapping paper. So probably little kids are easy to shop for. But it sounds like you're working with a lot of teens, pre-adolescents and teens, much harder. Absolutely. And that's why when we asked them where they needed to help, they say the camps homes. Because like you said, when you do a toy drive, that's why we call it a gift drive, not a toy drive. But you think about it, you just like toys for tots. You think about what goes into those bins. Nothing goes in there for 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. I mean, maybe there might be like there might be makeup or there might be nail polish that the older girls or there might be a drone or something like and then that the boys but in general those kids just get kind of overlooked at christmas and so that really is the majority of what we do as well we have one house which is only teenage boys oh, that, yikes. that they <laughs> they specifically asked us we've been doing doing this for them for a while and they came to me and they said christy can you take this house this house has all teenage boys, and they're the hardest to shop for. And, of course, I said, hey, I'm in. I only have boys. I'm good for that. So every year we do that house, and they only have teenage boys. Wow. What a fun thing. Well, listeners, we are going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment with news about how you can get involved. 
Christy is dependable. Christy is a helper. Be like Christy. Listeners, can we count on you to share this episode with someone who needs to hear it? Can we count on you for a good rating and review? We depend on your help to get the word out about the Now I See podcast, about our website, nis.media, which is full of blogs and podcasts from previous guests. There you can learn about our newsletter, and you can join us on our Facebook page and group. Visit today's show notes or any of the aforementioned locations for the latest information about Now I See and about today's guest, Christy Arrington. There, you can get the details about the work she's doing and how you can help bring Christmas cheer to kids of all ages who have to spend the holidays away from their families. Now, back to our show. Friends, uh, we are returning to Now I See's program with Christy Arrington as our special guest today. We are talking about her uh, gift drive for a children's home in our area. So, Christy, uh, we've been talking about how how difficult it is to shop for some of the of the kids and how grateful they are to get. Can you tell our listeners uh, things that you're looking for and how they can get involved? Um, well. I don't really have a specific list yet. After Halloween, I normally get the list. I try to get them to get them me the list quickly. Normally, all the kids, uh, I get a list, and I'll have, like, their name, their age, whether they're male or female, and the, a specific list. I usually do, we've done it at work, and my husband's work, so we do tags. I, I make them in the photo booth. Every tag has one item. If you want multiple items, that's fine. If you want one item, that's fine. If you want to just donate money and let us shop, that's fine. I, whatever works for you works for me. All I care about is the kids get what they need. Um, but people can contact me. I have an email and I have a cell phone. They can call me. We can go through the list if they want a, a male or a female or if they want a specific age group. And I, I can give them the information and they can get the get the item back to me so that we can deliver it we normally deliver the first week in uh, December so we just try to get on top of it as soon as when the beginning of November comes and I get the list out we're just calling everybody and telling everybody I do have people that donate money um, we have a specific weather guard roofing let's shout out to weather guard they give me they normally give me cowboy tickets and a pass and we normally raffle them but since i'm not working anymore i was working for freeman and they were a trade show company so covid shut down you know no tr- no normal trade show so i got them to actually donate money instead of tickets so that's that's always some people don't have the means they don't have the means to go shop or they can't go shop or or whatever but they still want to contribute so a monetary donation is taken as well if you want to just get an item on the list, that's good. If you just have something and you want to just buy something specific, and that's fine too because generally there's somebody that wants it. Now, that's, that was my next question. <laughs> Would you accept gift cards or shoes or coats? Or gift those gift cards things? are great. We have a lot of teenagers, so, you know, they want to go out and eat or they want to go to the movies, stuff like that. So gift cards are great, and we'll take, we'll take anything. We're not picky. Good to know. Good to know. So what kinds of things do teenagers like? What typical things show up on your list? Um, usually every year we, we buy a lot of shoes. The teenagers, they need shoes, coats. We do a lot of shoes and coats. We do bedding, which you wouldn't think of. But these kids come in and they don't have a room that's their own. So they want, you know, like they want specific bedding. Um, so we do a lot of bedding type things. Some I'm assuming... Of the- 
Singles? Yes. Singles? Yes. Twins. Fleas. Twins. Okay. Yes. Um, also, another thing that we've seen is sometimes the kids we get are about to age out. And so they want like pots and pans and they, you know, because they're trying to prep for moving into a place of their own. And so one year, actually one year we had, and that's all the kid asked for, like silverware, pots and pans. Wow. He got, he got a sled load. He got a truck. People were just bringing all kinds of stuff, pots, pans. He, they, the one lady said, all boys eat pizza. He needs pizza. All right. Pizza <laughs> trays. And I was like. You're right. They do. They eat a lot of pizza. I'm I on never would have and guessed so, that yeah, on the list. Yeah, and you, but things you don't always think about. Yeah. Yep. Lots of art stuff. A lot of the girls are leaning a little more towards mm-hmm. the artsy kind of stuff. Um, sometimes it's books. It, you know, so it, it runs the gamut, just like every other kid. So uh, you were telling me uh, during our break that it went from one box to two boxes to a suburban to a suburban and a truck, and now it takes a trailer to get all the stuff there. I'm going to guess it's not just because there are so many kids, but you get some pretty big stuff too. What's some of the funniest things you've ever had to purchase? Um, Strangest request. Sometimes I get stuff and I don't know what it is. And so I'll have to call my nieces and say, what are these? Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? You know, I got what some. What do they sh- turn out? Toys? Sometimes games? they're toys. Sometimes they're games. There's a lot of new sometimes, games. The sometimes it'll be like a band. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Like, oh. that's, I'm like way out of that loop. Um, stuff like that. I haven't really had anything too crazy. One year we had a really big Seattle Seahawks fan and he wanted a jersey and a jacket. And so he got also got socks and a beanie that got stuffed in his, Fun. In his stocking. So. I'm nothing. That's a little tragic. That almost invites a beating to be wearing Seattle Seahawks stuff here in cowboy country. That's true, but you know Uh it is what it is. Everybody can't like the same team. Other other teams have their fans. Hello, it's Cowboys. (laughs) You would think, especially since we live here, right? That's exactly. So I haven't really had anything too weird. Okay. Not anything too weird. A lot of times, though, the, the fun part is, like I said, at the end, we go get it buy. We get to buy extra stuff. Yeah. So one year we bought a three-foot dinosaur and a three-foot Batman, and we were like, I hope both of these toys end up in the same house so that Batman <laughs> can fight the dinosaur. <laughs> we also bought a, um, a voice-changing Batman mask. And oh, so no. we're in – my husband and I are in the aisle in Walmart holding the mask no. up. Yes, yes, <laughs> talking, I am Batman. It's like, you know – that's the fun part. You get to just, you know, test out the toys and see how it's they work. Really, and it, it really, no. Really. You're like, hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's how it's fun. I know the people in Walmart were like, I don't know what's wrong with those people. I don't know why they're both standing in the aisle with a Batman mask having a conversation. But they were having fun. Gotta yes. love that. Gotta love that. So are you there when those gifts get distributed? I mean, like- not because it's foster kids and there's a lot of privacy stuff that goes on okay. with that. So we have seen them. We have a photo booth. And so we've done some events where they, you know, we see them because they're in the photo booth, but there's a lot of privacy issues. And so we don't, we don't necessarily get that part. But you do get thank you notes. Yes. Sometimes the, the parents in the houses will have them write thank you notes, which are super nice, but they will make you ball like a baby sometimes uh-huh. <laughs> because you're like, I mean, well, I appreciate a thank you note, and there's nothing like teaching your kids manners. I'm, I'm all for that. It's just, why do you have to write me a thank you note for a Christmas gift that you got? I mean, it just seems like not right. You know what I mean? Like, you should be getting Christmas gifts. That's sweet. I don't know. I think it would be so touching to know that um, 
the person that you were shopping for, the person you were thinking about and praying for, um, they had a happy moment and you had a hand in that. I think that would be very rewarding. It is. But I hear you saying it's rewarding even without their It is. Because you just know you've done it. That just makes me cry. (laughs) (laughs) The first ones I got, they had sent them to where I work and it was a Monday morning and I came in and they were in my cube and I started opening them. I'm in there bawling like a baby. I'm like calling the rest of the girls that work with me. I'm like, y'all, they have to come read these so you can cry with me because I'm not crying alone in here. That is great. It's not happening. That is great. Is there a Christmas that has been special to you? Um, you know, I think this last one was really, it was really, I think because of the whole COVID and we were so concerned. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. It, God always works it out. I'm like, if he's going to give it to us, he's going to make sure it gets handled. But the whole, how is this going to work with COVID? Everybody's in lockdown. People aren't working. People aren't getting out. I mean, how are we going to manage 38 kids? That's and then much. to watch it. And just fall together like that. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, how many? Do you have any idea how many kids you'll be helping this year? Right now, we're at around thirty. So still a pretty mm-hmm. big group, and still mostly teenagers. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, so ma'am. there are going to be people that are hearing this podcast. They're going to want to know how they can help. How can they help? They can uh, reach out to me. You want me to give them my email address? Yes, let's do it. You can either email me at Arrington, it's A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N-1444 at sbcglobal.net, or you can call me or text me on my cell phone. It's 469-964-4425. And when I answer, or if you send a text, just tell me you're calling about the TBH, and I can we can walk through what you would like, to, how you would like to participate. Okay, that's great. So listeners, in case you were driving or someplace where you couldn't write that down, we'll have that in our show notes for you. So you can visit that on our pages, nis.media or on Facebook. So we'll have that information for you as well. Well, as we close out our show today, is there anything you want our listeners to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? I think I just want people to realize how many of these kids there really are. And they're right in our own backyard. People talk about going out of the country and adopting kids and and that's all well and fine I don't get me wrong and I know that the process here is lengthy and expensive and that that happens a lot sometimes the kids get stuck because their biological parents don't want to surrender custody but there's just so many of them right in our own backyard that just they look just like our kids of course and we don't know who they are when you pick up your kids from school and you see them all coming out, I promise you that that there's a handful at least of kids in there that are in the foster system, but you don't know who they are. It's just, I'm, I hope that someday they don't need us. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love to help, but I want them to call me and say, we don't need your help because we don't have kids that need your help. That's what I want to happen. That's a beautiful goal. I hope that that happens too. Thank you so much for your time today, for your heart for these children, for your willingness to organize as the event gets bigger and bigger and so much of it happens at right the last minute. Thank you for battling crowds, Christmas shopping crowds, getting last minute gifts. I just, I see the joy on your face when you talk about this project and about the families that you're helping and it means a lot to me to know there's somebody like you out there who cares. Thanks listeners. If you want to get involved, again, that information will be available to to you in our show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. 
Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty, NIS, on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon.